Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me again for this week's message. As we've been walking our way through Paul's major letter to the Christians in Rome, we come to chapter 11, where Paul talks about the new people of God. At that time, God was doing something different. He was taking some of the old people of God and bringing a whole new group of people into their community who had not been a part of it before. If you've ever tried to join a new group or a club or a church or an organization, you know that sometimes there can be challenges with that. This chapter talks about why this is important and what we need to think about as we imagine ourselves as part of the people of God today. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message, the new people of God. My younger son lives in Phoenix, Arizona. A year ago, December, he started dating a new woman. Last March, when I flew out to visit him, I got to meet her for the first time. Last summer, they got engaged. On Christmas Day, we had a very small family wedding for them. And this coming summer, they're inviting a lot of people to join them for their big wedding celebration. The question is, when did she become a part of our family? Legally and officially, it is at the wedding. But she felt like a part of the family when they got engaged. And she started to feel like part of the family when they were dating. When she became a part of my son's life, she became a part of my life. When can you start to say that someone is a part of your family? It's a fluid process, kind of a moving target. Even though they live far away, I started to realize when they were dating that there was a time when they were seeing each other every day. They weren't just talking on the phone every day. They were seeing each other in person every day. And the more time they spent together, the more time she was with my son, the more she was becoming a part of our family. When do you cross that line when you can now say, you are a part of our family now? It was like that in the early days of the church. All of the first Christians were Jewish people. The nation of Israel was the chosen people of God. But very early on, the Gentiles started to become Christians. They became a part of the church. They became a part of the people of God. And it wasn't long before there were more Gentiles in the church than Jews. Were the Jews simply added to the mix, or did the Gentiles replace the Jews? As Christians, how do we relate to the Jewish people today? 
When you have people from two or more different tribes and cultures who come together, when do they become one new tribe together? These were the kinds of questions that Paul was addressing when he wrote Romans chapter 11. He wrote about three things, the remnant of Israel, the new Israel, and the mystery of Israel. First of all, he wrote about the remnant of Israel. Romans 11, 1 through 10 says this. I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what scripture says in the passage about Elijah? How he appealed to God against Israel? Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left, and they're trying to kill me? And what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed the knee to Baal. So too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. What then? What the people of Israel sought so earnestly, they did not obtain. The elect among them did, but the others were hardened. As it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear to this very day. And David says, may their table become a snare and a trap, a stumbling block and a retribution for them. May their eyes be darkened so they cannot see and their backs be bent forever. Paul is talking about the remnant of Israel because so few people believed in Jesus and so many Gentiles did believe in Jesus. People were wondering if God had rejected the Jews. Paul says no. Paul is saying that God's gospel includes Israel. It does not exclude Israel. The New Testament fulfills the Old Testament. It does not cancel the Old Testament. Both the Old and the New Testaments are as solid and trustworthy as God himself. Israel's rejection is not final. The person that God chose as the apostle to the Gentiles was the very Jewish Paul. He says here that he is an Israelite and a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God would not have chosen a Jew to reach the Gentiles if he had cast off the Jews. Paul refers back to the great Jewish prophet Elijah, who once was so discouraged because the Jews were killing the prophets and tearing down the altars to God. But God told him that he had reserved 7,000 Jewish people who were quietly still serving him and who had not worshipped the false god Baal. 
It's a reminder to us today that there are always more believers in the world quietly serving God than we know. In verse 7, Paul tells us that the elect in Israel obtained from God what they were seeking, but others didn't because their hearts were hardened. They had eyes that couldn't see and ears that couldn't hear. In Mark 8, 18, Jesus would ask, Do you have eyes but fail to see, and ears but fail to hear? It reminds us that there have always been people in the world and in the church who are mysteriously hardened. Some people come to church but have closed hearts and are strangely unmoved by the gospel. There have always been unhappy people in the church, and sometimes people will leave the church because their hearts are strangely hardened. We must learn to accept the gospel's less pleasant mysteries as well as its more pleasant clarities. Some people in Israel and some people in the church have hearts that are hardened towards God. But even though God has the power to dissolve the relationship, he doesn't do it. 1 Samuel 12, says, The Lord will not cast away his people for his great namesake, because it has pleased the Lord to make a people for himself. And Psalm 94, 14 says, The Lord will not forsake his people and will not abandon his heritage. There is always hope for those who have no more hope in themselves. The saving God reveals himself when people have no other way out. To this day, there remains a remnant of Israel. Secondly, Paul goes on to talk about the new Israel. Verses 17 to 24 says, If some of the branches have been broken off, and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others, and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root. Do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he will not spare you either. Consider, therefore, the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut out of an olive tree that is wild by nature, and contrary to nature, were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, 
be grafted into their own olive tree. Paul is now describing the new Israel. The new Israel is made up of some of the old people and some new people. In Paul's picture here, the natural olive tree represents the original Israel, and the wild olive tree is the Gentile world. The latter was grafted into the former. Paul gives historical and theological priority to Israel. He says that we should never consider ourselves to be superior to Israel because they came first. It's true that some of the branches of Israel were broken off so that we could be grafted in. But it wasn't because we were better people. They lost their place in the family tree because of their unbelief. We took their place in the family tree because of our belief. This is not a cause for arrogance on our part. Because if we reach a point where we no longer believe, we will be cut off from the family tree just as they were. Paul says God is kind to those of us who continue in his kindness, but he is stern towards those who fall away. But if people do not persist in their unbelief, God is more than happy to graft them back in to the family tree again. Martin Luther wrote that the new Israel is this combination of Israel and the church. He likened it to the Old Testament story of Joseph's brothers who sold him into slavery, only to re-encounter him again years later and be reunited back into the same family again in a very unexpected way. Luther said that the Jews who expelled Christ to the Gentiles will come back to him savingly in the end. The new Israel will be like a family that gets back together after a family fight had separated them for years. At some point, the old disagreements will fade away and we will reunite as the complete family of God. Then thirdly, Paul also writes about the mystery of Israel. Romans 11, 25 to 32. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening, in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. As far as the gospel is concerned, they are enemies for your sake. But as far as election is concerned, they are loved on account of the patriarchs. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Just as you who were at one time disobedient to God have now received mercy as a result of their disobedience, 
So they too have now become disobedient in order that they too may now receive mercy as a result of God's mercy to you. For God has bound everyone over to disobedience so that he may have mercy on them all. This is the mystery of Israel, that Israel has experienced a hardening until the full number of Gentiles has come in. In this way, all of Israel will be saved. The new Israel includes both Jews and Gentiles. And our world has not come to an end yet because the full number of Gentiles has not come in yet. Paul says that the Jewish people are still loved by God on account of the patriarchs and that God's call and his gifts cannot be revoked. And they will not be revoked. In the same way that we received mercy from God when we were disobedient, they will receive mercy from God when they are disobedient. Paul was writing about the future return of Israel to a saving relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He was not writing about the future return of Israel to the land in the Middle East that they formerly controlled. Paul was writing about the spiritual future of Israel, not about the political future of Israel. Many of Paul's contemporaries cared about Israel's political future, but Paul didn't. Our spiritual reality is always more important than our political reality. He didn't believe God was calling them back to a particular geography. God was calling them back to a particular theology. God is infinitely more patient, long-suffering, and faithful than we human beings could ever imagine. We have only the slightest idea of how vast and all-comprehensive the love of God is for his whole world, and how he longs for the whole world to believe in him. His gifts and callings are irrevocable, not incidental. They are permanent, not passing. You could say that our church includes all the people who are here now, plus those who are not here yet. We include people who have not joined our church yet, but who will. You could say that our community includes people who are going to move here, but who haven't moved here yet. You could say our country includes the immigrants who are on their way here, but who have not arrived yet. You could say that a major league baseball team includes the players who are still in the minor leagues, but haven't been promoted to the major league yet. You could say that the church includes children who were raised here, but who have drifted away. They haven't come back yet, but maybe they will. So in Romans 11, Paul is writing about the remnant of Israel, 
the new Israel, and the mystery of Israel. The new Israel is a combination of Jews and Gentiles. Even though some people have walked away from God and have rejected him for the time being, they may still come back. And if they do, God will not turn them away. He will welcome them back with open arms. God does not reject the people who reject him. He continues to work in their lives, even though some have hardened their hearts against him. Paul is writing about the boundary-breaking work of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always working to break down the walls that we build up between ourselves. The family of God still includes some prodigal children who have taken their inheritance and walked away from the Father, seemingly not to care about him anymore. But someday they may come back to their senses. They may decide to come back home. And if they do, God will run out to greet them, kill the fatted calf, and throw a big party to celebrate their return home. The power of the gospel is that Christ can take all the people in the world from all our different backgrounds and worldviews and merge us all together into the one family tree of Christ, where now the fact that we have chosen to become followers of Christ becomes more important than any of our differences. It might not make any sense to us. It might be hard to understand. It may remain a mystery until the future day when it finally happens. But God doesn't give up on us, even when we have given up on him. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.